All right, time to bring in some experts to talk about all the market activity and moves that we've seen uh, over the last 24 hours and what they were going to be watching out for today. And uh, I'm joined by Barry Wood, who's RTHK's International Economics Correspondent, as well as Dickie Wong, Head of Research at Kingston Securities. Gentlemen, good morning. And Barry, I'm going to start off with you. Um, We've had a fantastic... We've had a fantastic Good morning, run indeed. <laughs> for the U.S. Uh, markets, uh, of, you know, uh, an absolute reversal of sorts. So you've got most of the major index, uh, indices there trading at record levels. The earnings have also been flowing in. And uh, uh, by and large, you know, good performance from the oil and gas sector, uh, uh, a pretty steady performance from the tech sector. But uh, you're into, uh, what's been your reading of the earnings um, so far? Well, better than expected, mm. uh, Mega. No, no doubt about it. Um, better than expected. And you mentioned the uh, oil sector. That's done very well. The financials are going to do well. The tech sector is doing well. And it all really goes back to this more recent testimony by Jay Powell talking about the economy. He says that uh, growth is 3.1%. Some say it's 2.5%. That depends on how you look at it. Do you measure fourth quarter to fourth quarter or the year as a whole? So anyway, the U.S. economy is growing certainly by 2.5%. And you've got interest rates that are high. And Mr. Powell giving a pretty clear indication there will not be a reduction in interest rates in March, which many market participants had anticipated. Despite that, and we've had a couple down days, but as you just mentioned, Uh, Tuesday has been a very positive day for the markets, so we're absorbing higher interest rates. We have lower inflation, and the economy looks very well. Janet Yellen was on Capitol Hill. She gave her assessment, and it similarly was positive. Right. You know, I want to I want to tackle the couple of points that you mentioned, Barry, uh, about, uh, bit by bit. And first up on the earnings end, really, while we've seen a strong performance, the push really, the earnings push um, has kept shareholders happy. A lot of shareholders are also happy with a lot of share buybacks being announced. So capital returning to the shareholders community. But on the flip side, the spate of layoffs, really, this, that sees no abating at all. And doesn't I mean, to me, it seems like, uh, you know, the markets are going to be happy because companies are reducing costs and becoming smarter in terms of how they operate and looking at operational efficiency. But by by the sheer headcount reduction that we've been seeing, it also raises questions on sustainability and future earning performance impact potentially. Over well, the years. it could. It, it could. But at the same time, I think uh, the companies, particularly the ones involved in the Silicon Valley or up in Seattle with artificial intelligence, and that would be Microsoft, it would be Apple, it would be Alphabet, it would be Amazon, uh, it would be NVIDIA. These meta, these companies are doing very well. I was drawn to one of the market capitalization reports. Microsoft has passed Apple in terms of market cap. It has three trillion dollars. So you've mentioned these layoffs. Yes, they're happening, but it's a very small number given the aggregate number of engineers and programmers in San Francisco Bay Area and Seattle. So I'm not terribly concerned. I think you could make the case that a lot of those layoffs are really aimed at efficiency because they're getting more out of each productivity of each worker. Now, I don't want to minimize the impact because if you're laid off, it's bad news. But 
certainly none of the companies are suffering. Hmm. Right. Dickie, um, yeah. I want to talk a, a bit more about um, uh, about the commentary that came in from Janet Yellen. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to look mm-hmm. at it. Uh, but she raised a red flag on commercial real estate, uh, potentially mm-hmm. in the U.S. And she's saying that, you know, regulators are working to ensure that there's sufficient loan reserves available, liquidity levels in the financial system would be adequate to cope. Uh, while this is just the initial rumblings that we are starting to hear of, does this concern you? Uh, you know, especially given that the 2007 financial crisis really uh, originated from the mortgages and the real estate sector and mm-hmm. how those uh, securities were packaged and sold. Could and given how elevated markets are in the U.S., right. you know, could this be a trigger? Well, as we all know, the pandemic changed the world, mm. over the world, not only in U.S. but actually everywhere else, including Hong Kong. So, in terms of the the GDP and also the GDP growth of U.S., uh, we, as we all know, like the Magnificent Seven, uh, are doing really well in the past, like um, in, I mean, couple of years already. Um, so obviously, uh, in terms of the GDP growth and in terms of the money that are uh, in international investor they are pouring into the u.s market because this is the perfect moment for the u.s stock market right now uh, we're expecting that the federal reserve may um start to cut interest rate as soon as may or maybe in in june but this is not a really a big ma- uh, problem uh, as long as the interest rate will go down um, not significantly, but at least a few times, I mean, two or three times, 25 basis points each. And uh, second of all, in, we're talking about the earnings growth, uh, the momentum still there. And you can see like a lot of like Meta, including Meta, Microsoft, especially, um, the earnings growth are really strong. Right. So we'll definitely boost up the overall share price and uh, the, the earnings outlook. So this remains a concern, but this is not a really big concern because unlike Hong Kong, we're talking about a lot of like index components. There are real estate developers, no, no matter in mainland or in Hong Kong. If you compare it to the real estate market, uh, I think New York is, is great. Uh, but obviously San Francisco is not. But uh, I don't think this is a, a really huge problem for U.S. at the moment. Uh, but for Hong Kong, definitely um, commercial real estate, you can see uh, the market. And, and actually, we are waiting for the local Hong Kong government to do something to act because, yeah, the, the interested rate environment and um, the market sentiment also hurts um, not the commercial real estate market, but also um, the real estate market as, uh, as an overall. That's right. So Dickie, that, if that's I can just jump in yeah. here, it, you're such a savvy observer. Clearly, everything you said, <laughs> I agree with. And it's clearly happening more in Hong Kong. But in this country, I don't think, as Mega suggested, bringing back the memories of the speculative bubble in 2007 and 8. We're not there. We've got stronger right. banks. The problem is commercial real estate. And that is really the high interest rates on a lot of the money that has been borrowed to develop. And you've got a lot of things standing empty because of work from home. It's, as you mentioned, San Francisco, it's Los Angeles, it's New York, Chicago, Washington, 
Dallas. I mean, this is a problem. But as Janet Yellen said just a few hours ago, she is concerned, but I think we can get through this just fine. And I, I think she's got yeah. it right. Right. And yeah. picking up from the point we were discussing the Hong Kong markets, and Dickie, I mm-hmm. want to get in your views in on uh, the Hang Seng Index specifically. We had, um, you know, from Monday onwards, we've had uh, the Chinese securities regulator announcing a whole slew of measures on how trading firms really, in, you know, participate in the stock markets. They're putting in curbs on short selling, and that's led to uh, the mainland markets equities as well as the Hong Kong equities really surging over the last two days. But really, we mm-hmm. are looking at multi-decade low. Uh, and a half-decade right. lows for both the mainland as well as the Hong Kong index indices. Would, would these measures be sufficient? Do you think we've hit a bottom and we are on the rebound now for the major indexes here? Uh, I, I really hope so, and I, I, I believe so. Uh, mm. When you ask me, is it already bottoming out? Mm. Um, but yes, yesterday the... Chinese stock market as well as the Hong Kong stock market rebounded quite sharply and um, obviously like the PBOC rolled out new measures uh, to support the new the economy uh, finally a cut 50 basis point cut of the reserve requirement ratio so I will definitely expect um, after the Chinese Lunar New Year uh, PBOC will need and uh, they will probably have the another cut not only the reserve requirement ratio but also the the LPR rates um, because as we all know like uh, if you ask me uh, which uh, country or which market you will participate or you will put your money in definitely is not a market under deflation so mm-hmm. China uh, is now obviously under deflation in, in terms of the CPI so um, well, actually PBOC uh, are quite active and also the state-owned fund mm. they really uh, can help the, to store up the um, markets and confidence and uh, improve the market sentiment uh, but after this strong rebound uh, it, it may not be like a continued rebound because um, when we're talking about the economic data especially when I talk about the, the teenagers unemployment rates and also the uh, the CPI um, already exactly three months mm-hmm. uh, under under negative ter- territory. This is not a good thing. That's but right. uh, uh, at least the Chinese government they do they try to uh, push their best foot forward, including monetary policy and fiscal policy. But. Uh, I obviously think that the Hong Kong government should follow Chinese government footsteps because they really lag behind. No matter um, the policies, uh, I mean, we cannot talk about monetary policy in Hong Kong, but obviously fiscal policy. And they should do something for the real estate market and the Hong Kong stock market. Because everyone asking me, oh, why the key, why the Hong Kong stock market performs so poorly when uh, the U.S. stock market, Japan stock market, India stock market, their hits multi years uh, or even historical high. I just don't know how to answer. <laughs> yeah. Barry, would you want to weigh in on that? Uh, all this market intervention from the Chinese regulators did help uh, and has helped over at least yesterday. But this, uh, we have to wait out to see how it plays out. But Yesterday's moves also led to overseas funds buying in uh, a fair bit, uh, you know, 1.7 billion U.S. dollars uh, just yesterday alone. Um, you were sitting in the 
in the U.S. and how you, uh, what's the sense you're getting on overseas investors and how they're looking at the mainland markets post this? Well, I think they'd like to get back into the mainland mm. market, but uh, I would not want to be uh, early in predicting that's going to happen mm. because I think that uh, people will wait and see. One thing is sure, Mega, and that is that the Chinese government has got lots of ammunition that it can use to bolster the stock equity market. They've got lots of money. The question is, will that have the desired result of boosting investor confidence and yeah. consumer right. confidence? Because that all goes back to the real estate sector. So yes, they've got the ammunition. They can boost prices short term. Can it last? Will it endure? That's the, that's the golden question, isn't it? Thank you so much, Dickie and Barry, for joining us this morning.